Hey, this is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And this is What's Up ABQ. It's another episode of What's Up ABQ. I'm Ryan. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are with... Carlos. And where are we at, Carlos? We are in my office here at Bosque Heating and Cooling at a 3530 Pan American Freeway. Nice. Right on. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in this industry. How'd you get In here? the plumbing industry yeah, itself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a funny story, actually. I came... Uh, I, uh, I worked for a lot of family-owned businesses. My family is all born and raised here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And for some reason, I decided to kind of go against the grain and I just went and found a random job. And I was working doing uh, carpentry and I was working with a carpentry company uh, called Rise and Run. Back then at the time it was called Rise and Run Stair Company. And I was an apprentice and my mentor at the time, I was I was doing some work and he I asked him about a level because I had to learn everything. I didn't know much about construction. And, and I said, what are these bubbles for on this level? And he said, they're for plumbing. And in construction, when you say plumb, plumb means straight up and down. Right. And I said, plumbing what? And he goes, no, like plumbing in the ground. And I go, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you know, like sewer drains, you know, he's like, you know, have you ever heard the term, you know, shit goes downhill? And I said, yeah. And I was like, that's why. It's go somewhere. Yeah. He goes, that's why you see this, this 16th, eighth and half on the level. And I go, oh, that makes sense. And then it sparked a conversation between him and I, him and I, he was a great guy. His name was Terry. And, and so, and I was a young guy and he, he pulled me aside one day and he said, hey, Carlos, you know what? You're young. You're ambitious. He's like, you could do anything you want in life, man. He's like, you could literally change your life right now. And when you're a young guy, everyone tells you that, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. like, okay, sure. You know, that's like the line that you get from all yeah, adults. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you can and, do but, anything if you believe enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as I kind of evolved in the, in the carpentry world, um, you know, he kept kind of talking and, and I, and I kind of started to become a little bit more interested in, in plumbing, heating and cooling. And uh, long story short, you know, he was like, you know what, if, in the plumbing, heating and cooling world, you will always have a job. Mm -hmm. He's like, there's mm -hmm. always a demand for it. He's like, to be honest, in carpentry, he's like, it's feast or famine. We do good. And when we don't do good, it's horrible. He's like, but in that world, people always need their plumbing, heating, and cooling. He's like, Carlos, if I gave you a good recommendation, not that you're not good at what you do now. He's like, but you being as young as you are, he's like, if you could find a way to get into that trade, that that's what I would recommend for you to do. Um, because the company at the time was actually, the, the owner got sick and they were getting ready to shut down. So I was going to have to change gears some way or another like a natural transition almost it like was timing it, just lines it, it, up it totally was and so something that i never thought that i would do in my life i would right. never thought that i would do plumbing heating and cooling ever in my life yeah. and, and so uh I, I got to work for a couple of good companies here in town um i worked for uh, uh rotor rooter okay in, nice. in yeah, everybody knows them yeah so i started at rotor rooter as as a helper um which was you know a humbling time for me back then i started at minimum wage was about 625 an hour oh yeah I and i, I was <laughs> digging trenches for six dollars and 25 cents an hour but i was i was super ambitious um because in my family companies i was always like the lead guy or the manager or 
you know, the trainer or, you know, th those kind of things, my family. When you work for a family business, everyone thinks that you're favored and, and they don't realize that when you work for a family business, sometimes your family depends on you and leans on you more and yeah. expects you to do more for less money, which yeah. is kind of typical and everyone, yeah. thinks, everyone thinks it's the other way around and it's really not that way. But because I was always in those lead positions, I was always fighting to, to kind of grow myself and develop myself. So, you know, I, I did what I thought was the right thing to do and I kind of humbled myself and took a step back and said, hey, if I was running this business today, what would I expect out of someone like myself? Sure. The, the guy that's, that's helping. And, and so I go, okay, I'm just going to be hardworking and I'm going to be the first guy to get in there, the last guy to get out and I'm not going to complain and I'm going to just work as hard as I can. And, and I did and I, and I moved up um at a pretty fast rate i learned quick i asked lots of questions i asked stupid questions <laughs> you know and, and and the guys were real supportive we had a you know at that company the one thing that i loved is we had a really good just a camaraderie that you just love to be a part of you know it was like a brotherhood that you just you enjoyed it and uh the the slowdown in the in the industry of why i went from one company to the next was one uh, progression the company at, at my time being young i was ambitious it wasn't growing as fast as i wanted to see it grow mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i and i couldn't really see the vision for the for the business as much as i loved the guys the long term for me and i was a young guy back a younger guy i was almost 20 years ago i just looked at things different and i said well this kind of looks like a dead end thing for me i was at the end of the, at the end of the day i'm gonna end up making x amount of dollars mm -hmm. in yeah. 10 years I'm going to be in this position and, and i was like i just don't know that that's the future i want for myself and, and so i took a risk and and can i mention other companies oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i know i mean yeah. we're all about local shout outs yeah. and everything else yeah, yeah. so um uh, we had a when i when i started at rotorooter we had the manager he had left and he started working for a company called tlc mm -hmm. uh, tlc was a, a smaller company back then mm -hmm. But, but it just seemed like the company had these really big goals and, and these really great aspirations for their people. Mm -hmm. And it was like this people place. So I went in, honestly, a couple times met with him. I met with the owner, Ron Burnett, who as soon as I met this guy, he was intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the kind of person that has a, a weird balance of tenderness and toughness when you talk to him that mm -hmm. just kind of keeps you a little bit off balance when you're in conversation. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, gosh, I just really, because, you know, for me growing up, and this is this is going to be kind of take us in the weeds, um, I didn't grow up uh, traditionally with a traditional family. Mm -hmm. So me and my brother were, in a sense, I, I don't know that, in a sense, kind of abandoned when we were kids. So we were kind of left to each other to kind of, you know, grow and develop. And, you know, we registered ourselves for schools, did stuff like that. So when I was growing up, the, part of the reason I worked for my family businesses is I was kind of mentored mm -hmm. by, by those uncles, you know, those family members. And so some of that was done um, directly. Some of it was just indirectly. I would just kind of watch and observe what they did throughout their day. And that's how I learned how to do things. And so when I met Ron at TLC, I, he, I was like, I just want to, I just want to work with this guy. I want to see how he operates his day to day on it. He seemed like the guy that had it all figured out. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Possible like, mentor status. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're like, yeah. gosh, this guy is, is just the guy. So I ended up working there for 15, almost 16 years at, at TLC. Um, and I can't remember how many technicians we had when we started. It seemed like somewhere between like 15, maybe 20. Mm -hmm. um, I can't, I just can't put a number on it, but it wasn't that big. It was a small place. Um, everybody worked hard um, and you were really well connected with everybody. Uh, you knew everyone, you knew what their job was. You knew the lady that did payroll. I mean, 
I mean, you'd come in and you had relationships with everybody and it was great and it was exciting because very similar to where I am today, they were an establishing business mm -hmm. and they had a strong, strong drive to grow the business. And, and I think the thing that pushed that business was the drive not to grow the business for the sake of the business, but for the people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and for me, that was, I was like, this is everything I ever wanted. I came from a family of entrepreneurs. I've always wanted to run a business, but more importantly, in running those businesses, one of the things that I always saw where people fell short is they didn't pay attention to the people. Well, I noticed on your card, you have um, something on the back and I actually really like your logo because it's very local looking. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's okay. something that I really, I like really commend you on that because it's a great logo, but um. No, you're, it says on the back of your guys' business card, in support of our community, you will donate 10% of any service you do um, to a church or charity of your choosing. And I think that is something that stuck out when we were looking at kind of your business information before we came in here. I really like that because it's not just like, okay, we're here to make money. It's like, all right, yeah. But the thing is, we're going to give some back to the community as well. Absolutely. And, and, and that was kind of, this is what made like a weird fusion. So TLC, we grew and I learned so much from Ron um, and actually another guy named Tracy Johnson, who's, um, I don't know if he's their VP or their GM or what the, what the structure is today. But when I left, I mean, we had like 140 technicians working there by then. There jump was from where you started, five huh? to 600 staff members. It became, I mean, it was becoming a corporation at the yeah. time. And I was, I was struggling with my personal goals in life. Mm -hmm. And then also seeing, you know, that tight niche kind of change a little bit and seeing things start to compartmentalize. Right. And then you kind of started to disconnect from people. Right. A little. So it was, it was a weird change for me at the time. I was kind of looking at my life and where I was going again, and I was kind of evaluating where they were going. I wasn't sure that we we're going in the same direction anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, you know, not a lot of stuff changed, but it just felt like they, they were pushing one direction and, and I still had a heart for something smaller, something a little closer. Right. And, yeah. and, and that was just my thing. So uh, it was hard. I, I just had a daughter. So, oh yeah, that always shakes things up so a little I, bit. I, the kid in the I, mix, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had just had this this new daughter, so she was probably like two or three months old at the time, and I was struggling. And, and I told my wife, I think I'm going to leave TLC, and she's like, What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I've been working on this small business plan. I'm not 100 sure. I feel good about it. I was like, But I, I just want to do something different. Now, did you go to school to do your business plan, or you just did it in your in your free time? No, I, I did it in my free time. This is right something on. that I would just work on and you know put some things together and 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 really put some goals and some dreams and maybe some vision stuff of mm -hmm. what I wanted to see the business that I wanted to be a part of do. Right. And, and so again, this is kind of one of those weird things where you got to kind of lean towards a higher power, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and, and you just kind of follow your heart and you follow what you think is right. And, and anyone that's ever been in this position, it felt like a door was closing, but a window was opening. Yeah, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, gosh, this is, and, and for me, I was in a stable place with a solid salary. Mm -hmm. I mean, my family was set yeah. and now I'm like, hey, I'm going to leave. And they're like, uh, yeah. and, and my, <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Yes. And my wife is like, whatever you do, I'll support you. But this is crazy. And That's I was really like, big of her, though. Like, that would yes. be hard to be like, look, I got I got faith. It's going to work out. Don't know how, but hey. Like, yeah, and she, and she was. And she was just like, you know, uh, she's like, you know, she's like, Carlos, no matter what, you've always worked hard and you've always taken care of us. And I'm not concerned with that. Mm. Well, it's pretty clear in, in the history you just gave us, like that you've had a, a strong work ethic from the beginning so let's talk about um you know like somebody who's maybe a teenager they're still in high school they're 18 they're going out into the big bad world they don't know what to do how would they get started in something like this what would be some of the steps they could take so 
This is gonna sound very cliche. It's fine. You can do anything you want to do. You <laughs> can be true. anyone you want to be. And that's the thing. I feel like. And, and but you gotta want it. And yeah, if, exactly. And, and so if you don't, the biggest thing for you know an 18, 16 year old guy, because I could tell you my vision for me when I was 16, 18, coming from a family of entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. some of them did really great, some of them not so great. Um, and so when I was 16 or 18. I always thought I'd have this job where I sat in an office and I wore a tie and you uh -huh. know the, to me that was success. At a, at <laughs> I made it. Yeah, a real job. Yeah, yeah, a real job. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and and I think that's it's something that I grew out of and I think you grew yeah. out of. You gotta. It's really about your mindset. Mm -hmm. So so really, how do you? If I was 16 or 18 right now and I was you know, hey, how would I get into this this industry? The best way to get into it is to get into it and be relentless about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You know, be relentless. Because I think that one of the things that we have to focus on as young people, when I, when I think of young, myself in a young, young age and as a young person, is you have to set the bar mm -hmm. for that awesome. generation. And every generation at some point in time, you know, you had your baby boomers mm -hmm. and, you know, your Gen Xers. Oh, yeah. And now we have our millennials and stuff like that. <laughs> that word keeps and, coming and, up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We were talking about it last hey, time. I, hey, I have nothing against the millennials. No, it's they, all good. I love them. I think it's great. And I think, uh, but, but the thing is, is, is one, they, they have to set the bar and they just need to get involved and they can't just, you have to be sure what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I interview a 16 to 18 year old guy today and he said, hey, I want to just try it out and see if I want to get into it. There, there's a little bit of validity to that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, OK, I'll, I can see that. But I want to see some kind of drive or passion. You want to see if they're hungry for something. Yes. Gotcha. And, and so, you know, I come from a philosophy um, of the kind of people that you see something. And, and sometimes it's not just about the trade. It's just about the culture. Right. I mean, you see, you see this in a lot of trades. Like you think about like the oil fields where you have uh -huh. like what they call like the roughnecks. Those guys have a culture to them, and mm -hmm. some people are drawn to that culture. Right. And, and and there's different places that are that way, and I think this is very much the same thing where you have a culture where you have this camaraderie where you want to be part of this brotherhood. So you see that, plus you see the ability to learn a trade that you could go anywhere in the United States and have a job within a day. Right. You yeah, know, it's, because it's a highly be desired yeah. job for sure. Yeah, because people are constantly, we're so short on tradesmen, especially here in mm -hmm. Albuquerque, New Mexico right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... it's well, a, I was hearing that with roofing too. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. there are hard trades, there are hard jobs, and so a lot of it is, is one, get in the trade somewhere, find a place to start. Just You start somewhere, it's just like anything. Do you know where somebody could get like an apprenticeship program here? So like, is we, there... we offer an apprenticeship here. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I know cool. TLC offers an apprenticeship program there. So um, like all a, of them. Is there like a website or they come in? Or that, yeah, most of them come in. Like, unfortunately, like I say, we're, we're still in the stages in our company of where we're we're establishing, we're putting together yeah. structures, we're putting together SOPs, we're Get trying to, dug in. yeah, okay. we're, exactly. We're, we're kind of building our roots and, and we have uh, three apprentices currently. They all have mentors and we're meeting with them and, and we're just kind of trying to figure out because the biggest thing is we got to get them to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. We can't take them where we want them. Mm -hmm. they, it's it's got to be where they want to be. Right. So, so really we're still trying to get past that. Well, where do you want to be? And they're, they're moving from doing plumbing and they're doing some air conditioning and they do some commercial stuff. And, and there's lots of aspects of what we do, which is nice if you're a person that likes change. Right. Because if you're versatile and you could come and do something different every day. So the biggest thing is number one, they have to be hardworking people. I mean, they, they just have to have a work ethic. I mean, like you said, yeah. I, I had a work ethic and, and they have to have a work ethic. And, and I gotta say that they even have to have in some ways a competitive or even more than a competitive 
spirit to them. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I, I always think of competitive is keeping up to the guy next to you. Right. But but really, when you want to excel at something, that's trying to push yourself as far as you can go. Mm -hmm. And when you start to push yourself, that's when you start to excel at things. Because mm -hmm. it gets back to the whole thing. If, if I'm just keeping up with the guy next to me, I'm just meeting the standard. Right. Well, you got to challenge yourself constantly you and, and, and beat yourself and your own standard. You know, exactly. Be because you it. know what you're capable right. of. You know what you know where your breaking point is. I don't know where the guy next to me's breaking point is. And I don't want to break at his point. I want to break at my point. So mm -hmm. it's so that's kind of part of it. You, you really have to find those those guys that, that have that spirit. And those guys that have that spirit in this industry, I mean, the sky literally is the limit for them. The sky is the limit because they're never going to be satisfied. They're always hungry. Mm -hmm. they, they want to learn more. They want to do more. They want to. They, it's not about numbers. It's not about projects. It's about just getting to that next level. How have you seen that spirit here in town? It's, you know, I would tell you there's about, in my opinion, there's some people that will tell you there's probably about 5% of the community that are, are that way. I mean, there's probably about 5% of them that are that way. In my opinion, I would say there's probably really about 3%, but I think you could grow it because with that 3%, you, you have, uh, you know, people become a product of their environment. Mm -hmm. So so when you, when you get those people in that core together and you start to bring people in, mm -hmm. they, they will adapt to that nature and they will, they will conform to it and they'll become part of it. And, and that's how you see change. And that's how mm -hmm. you influence changes is through culture. Absolutely. And, and so, that, so, so, so our, our, our place is okay. Let's, let's establish that culture. Mm -hmm. Let's have that culture and let's live by it. You know, and we'll attract the right people with some ambitions and get them in the door. And once we get them in the door, as they start to fuse and become part of that core and part of that, then they, they, they'll adapt that culture themselves. And it's it's a culture of I'm not concerned of what the person next to me is doing anymore. It's I'm focused on my goals, what I'm doing and the people in front of me that I'm taking care of. And, and those people grow and, and they become amazing. And those are the kind of people you want in your home. Those are the kind of people I want in my home. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of people I like to hang out with on the weekend right, and right. Have, have burgers with because yeah. we, we could talk about roadblocks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to I'm going to go way in the, in the in the weeds for a minute. Yeah. You mentioned burgers. <laughs> it's a passion that I have. I know it's weird. Favorite green chili cheeseburger in town. My favorite yeah. green chili cheeseburger. Yeah, we're just gonna go. We're gonna ask. What do you personally recommend? Yeah. My own. I cook a mean. I cook a mean green chili cheeseburger. Nice. But um, I, if I had to go with the best green chili cheeseburger in town, man, that is hard. But I would yeah, say, I would say Griff's green chili cheeseburger is one of my favorites. That's a good spot. That's a good spot. I'll give you, yeah. Yeah. You know why? I grew up in that neighborhood. I grew up on those green chili cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. and, and even today, green chili yeah, yeah my, my business partner who couldn't make it here today, uh, he had never been there before. And I took him there before. And, and we call it Ghetto Burger because <laughs> it's in the middle of the ghetto, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were joking. And I was like, hey, you want a Ghetto Burger? He's like, what's a Ghetto Burger? And I was like, it's a You're about to find out. Yeah. So I went and got him and we, we were doing a job. And he's like, those Ghetto Burgers are delicious. And I was like, that's all right. So, so we, we, I mean, I it. It, uh, to, to me, Griff's is like, for sure, that's like one of my favorites. Yeah. That That's the top of it for me. That's. That's All a good right. day. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a second.
What's up, Albuquerque? This is Ryan. Are you a small business owner, entrepreneur, or creative trying to reach more people with their awesome product, service, or brand? Right here in the middle of our show, Lindsay and I have reserved up to three minutes just for you. All we're asking is 30 bucks a minute. We'd be happy to plug your very own awesome endeavor right here on What's Up ABQ. Want to sponsor an episode? For 100 bucks, we'll give you the middle, plus extra plugs at the beginning and end of the show, too. To get started, send us an email at abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. That's abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. Together, let's keep shining a light on all the wonderful things and people which make Albuquerque awesome. Ciao. This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. If you liked what you heard on today's podcast, please feel free to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we will talk to you soon. And we're back. And today... Uh, uh, we are with, go ahead and introduce yourself again. Maybe if someone's just coming in the middle or something. This is Carlos with Bosque Heating and Cooling in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Awesome. Just Not to be confused with the brewery. We're two different places. <laughs> Although, Bosque Brewing, if you want to bring some beer over here, I'm sure that would not he, be he an won't issue. Turn it down. We, we, we won't turn it down. And we do do work with the guys over there. They're awesome. We nice. know quite a bit of the staff and, and we all take care of each other. They're, good, they're good, good guys over there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's great. I love when, when other community places are like, and we love those people over there. We're just going to give them a little shout. <laughs> but, this is, but this is about, though, yeah. you know? Hey, sure. they're, they're good guys over at Bosque Brewery. Local, yeah. repping local. That's, that's what it right. is. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Uh-huh. So what, what do you think drives your passion and maybe your, your, your guys' passion, all your workers here? That's such to me. That seems like a broad question. It seems like yeah. you could go any direction. Well, I won't, we want to see where you go. I, I could take this a lot of different. So, what drives me, I think, is a separate question than what drives the people. Okay. So, yeah, let's hear them both. So, I think what drives me, if we're talking about the business and what we do and all those kind of things, and I, actually, this gets in a good reason of why I even st- why did I start the business? Mm-hmm. Why, what made me lose my mind one day and decide I wanted to run a company <laughs> <laughs> and and go through the day-to-day battles. For me, my I guess my biggest passion has always been people, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you when I went to TLC, that's what drove me there. It was, it was about people. I mean, 100%, like, you know, how do we make things better for people? You know, and not just the people that we work with, the people in front of us, the customers. Yeah. And all your services are so essential. You know, like you don't have a house that works without this stuff. No. Yeah, exactly. And you never know who you're going to bring into your home. Oh, my gosh. We had our AC breakdown. We were we sold our house last summer. We had our AC breakdown right before it went on the market. And it was like, are you kidding me? And there was a couple days in there where it was just hot. And I was like, this is the worst. Like, this is the worst. It's definitely essential. Like, there's no doubt about it, especially in Albuquerque. And when someone shows up, those people get to be what? They're like the hero at the point in time. Well, yeah. It's like, like, if you can get a story. And they're so happy to see you. And so one of it is is really like, okay, the people. And and then you're in a situation like that. Uh, One of my biggest things, and and you could see this, and I I want to be optimistic and say this happens less times in Albuquerque than it does in most places, but a lot of people get put between a rock and a hard place and they'll get taken advantage of because Mm -hmm. they're so happy that this person showed up. Mm -hmm. They're they're in a spot, they need to get it going. They don't have time to to go out and uh, get different quotes. They don't understand really what's going on other than they need their 
their system fixed. Mm -hmm. So so my passion is I always think about it like, and this is another cliche and I speak in them a lot, but yeah. they're, they're always so true to me. Who would I want in my grandma's house mm -hmm. if yeah. I wasn't around? You know, and, and how would I want that to go? Right. And, and so one of the things is, is we, we want to take care of people, but we, what we also want to do is we want to just educate them on what's going on. So, so if something does break in your house, we want you to understand why it broke yeah. first and what's broken. And then once you kind of have a little bit of education, I always say, if you're an expert at what you do, you could explain what you do to a six-year-old. Mm -hmm. So, so anyone should be able to come into your house and explain it to you at a level that, and that you would be able to understand because we know that everybody doesn't do this. Mm -hmm. And then we'll give you options and you decide like what works, work, what's going to work best for you and your family at that time. You know, is, you know, what, what's your long-term goal? What's your short-term goal? What's going to work best for everybody? Um, and that's kind of how we, that's, that's how we kind of handle those kind of things. But really it's, we want to take care of people and we want to take, we want to be there for them when they need us. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they don't always need us between, you know, eight and five Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually uh -huh. Christmas, uh, you know, at 11 or noon or midnight or something like that. And, and that's okay. Cause there's, there's gotta be sacrifices made, but you always remember who was there for you when you needed them. Yeah. And, and so, so one of our biggest goals is, is to always be there for people when they need us. So Ryan, I think you were going to ask a little bit about community. We had talked about well, one of the things we're trying to do in the show is we're trying to shine a bright light on the good places in town. You know, the good people doing good point. Whatever. Wait to get us back on track. Okay. So <laughs> we're doing what we can. We're still working on passion here. So the passion is people, right? <clears throat> that's first and foremost. That's that's what we do. We want to just take care of people, but really the people in front of us and the people we work with. We want to give them the the best of what we can. Um, the the second thing really is I grew up here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I've lived here my entire life. I've lived in most neighborhoods I've moved back and forth from side of town to side of town and, and uh and part of me leaving was I wanted to make an impact and a difference you know in our community somehow mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to do that you know I started thinking about I think that's a big question yeah it <laughs> yes. is it's like well, how do you how do you do that like yeah. I started thinking about, you know, the opioid problem that we have in town, you know, Huge. which is big, the drug problem, the crime problem, which are all very much related. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm an ex-case manager, so I, I can. So, yeah, yeah you, you I understand it, the right? total correlation. There's, it's all intertwined. Yeah, it is all intertwined. And um, I have some family that are, are law enforcement and, you know, and, and so just talking, you know, over a beer with them and kind of thinking about things. Of course, they, they have a different perspective because that's their life and it's something right, different. Something I mean, every day but, but for us. me, I was like, you know, I like because of what we do, we have to find solutions to problems. Right. That's my job. That's what I do every day. When I start thinking about the community, I go to what my nature is, is how do you find a solution for this problem, which is kind of brain racking. Mm -hmm. And, and so <laughs> I, I kind of went back and, and I, gosh, I must have, I spent probably a whole year just dwelling on this thing. And, and, you know, I started thinking about, you know, there used to be a time when we had struggles like this, that, you know, you would have like churches that would get involved. Mm -hmm. And part of those people that have these drug addictions, most of them are the byproduct of abuse, uh, not having good mentorship, yeah. uh, nobody to look up to, no role models, and just really, you know, and really just no support. Mm -hmm. and, and so you would have places like churches that would come in, take those people and mentor them and help them. And, and, and I, I get church isn't for everybody. And, you know, it's it's not, I understand that. And and so we also have, you know, nonprofit groups. Right. We have other, you know, supporting organizations around town, that kind of thing. So I was like, what really needs to happen with these people, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, is those people need help and sending them to jail is not helping them. 
It's not rehabilitative it's, it's, at all. It's it's just yeah. It's, it's just, just a, yeah. It's a habitual cycle, mm-hmm. and, and and that's that's all it really does. So some of my thought is, you know, why can't we get these people re- rehabilitated somehow? Get right. them into a treatment place. Get them, you know, to uh, a center that's gonna one help get them off and get them medicated if need right. be properly because they're self medicating in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, mentor them and get them down the right road. So what I think we need more of is we need more treatment centers or we need to grow the ones that we have here and they need to be better well known. For one, uh, we need to have better mentorship for those people when they get out of it. Absolutely. And and that would help out a ton. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that would change. Well, even offering like the trade skills, like we were talking about, yes. like, you know, offering the opportunity to learn a skill in a trade, not, not a four-year college, you know, but go and learn some skills so that when you're out of these situations, you have the opportunity to, to make something different. And, and let's face it, college isn't for everybody. No, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Yeah, it's, it's not for <laughs> me. Know. I mean, I have no college education. Right. Right. Everything I learned, I learned working. somebody yeah. from success. You know, I don't think that college should be the one thing that keeps somebody from succeeding or failing. Right. And and so for me, I think that all of us that have gotten into any kind of industry, you've gotten a first-class education hands-on mm-hmm. in the business. Yep. You know, and I, and I, to me, that's more valuable than than schooling and in some yeah. in some 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 ways. Well, I mean, like I write, like that's one of the things I do, and and I learned the most from in Missouri. I went to the, the uh, St. Louis Writers Guild, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, if I had a question, look, that guy right there has the answer. You know, and I could go in a meeting and say, "Hey, I'm doing this. So what do I do?" You know, and and you do that over enough time, and and you you learn skills. You know, you you literally get good at what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 just like I say, you got to get involved. You just you have to get involved. And and I think, yeah, like getting some of these people to places where, you know, they realize hey, you could make an amazing living with a trade. Yeah, I mean, especially for a lot of us. And this is to me, this is a New Mexican culture. I think it's changing a little bit, but I don't think we're ever going to get away from this. And and it's funny because when you're when I was growing up, I wasn't really proud of being in New Mexico. I was like, I live in New Mexico. What do you do? You know, like I feel like that's a common a common mindset for a lot of people. Like my husband grew up here and he's native Mexican and he kind of feels the same way. And I'm like, you should be proud. Like there's things to be proud of here. You got to own it, though. You you have people that like if they're from California, everybody's got to know they're from California. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, from yeah. New York. We're all from New York. You know? That's the first thing. And, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, it's like before, you know, the first thing's first, you know, and it's like, well, and for me now that I've gotten older and I've got to experience, I mean, we live in an amazing place. We really do. I really mean, do. for... The outdoor, the camping, the hiking, yeah. the, the scenery, uh, you know, just we have so much around us that New Mexico is just a gorgeous place. Mm-hmm. But what's really, really cool about New Mexico, New Mexico people, and what also in some ways I think makes what we do a little bit more difficult is New Mexicans are extremely resilient. Yes, they they are. are tough people. Yes, they are. And they are hardworking. Mm-hmm. And and you got to remember what what are our roots? Our roots are in New Mexico. These are farmers. These are ranchers. These are those kind of people. My family having been some of those you know farmers and ranchers. And with that mindset, and I think it's ingrained in our genetics at this point in time as a New Mexican, oh. is I'll fix it myself. Yeah, I'll fix it myself. <laughs> and, and, and you know, in the but in do the, you know how? <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I will later. <laughs> You know, it's 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 one, and that's a New Mexico thing, which I love, and it's good and bad because we see it in our in our in our in our industry all the time. And you know, New Mexican 
things in it. And in the, the farm and ranch world, you know, if we if we don't have a tool, we'll invent a tool for it. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll get out welders. We'll 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 start drawing. You know, that's that's a New Mexican way to be. You know, and and, and it's so cool. And not every like, but I would say a good majority of the population is like that. And I think it becomes genetically part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think even if you move here, you kind of start to adapt. New Mexicans you, are stubborn. Like I'm not from here originally, and I'm like, man, you guys are a stubborn people. Like you guys are like balls to the wall. Like. I got this. Like, don't even, like, don't tell me what to do. I can figure it out. Yep. <laughs> like, and, and fearless, it, it, but it was, it's cool because there's a contrast to that because in New Mexico, New Mexican people are great people. Absolutely. They're, they're actually, they're, they're really good people. They're real hospitable. I mean, I can't remember how many times I've been in someone's house working and they made us dinner or they offered it, <laughs> you know, and they just, they're, they're, they're just really there to take care of each other too. And, and, and I think that with some of the struggles that we have today, you know, it's it's amazing because I think everybody wants to be involved. Yeah. And I think everybody wants to make a difference, but they don't know how. Right. Yeah. And, and they don't know because, you know, like getting back to some of the things that we talked about, like, you know, the crime and the, the, the drug problems and all right. those things. You know, for me, when I when I thought, I was like, I don't know, where would I start? You know, I, at first I thought about starting some kind of program where we took those people in and we mentored them up and got them to help. And I was like, that is way outside of my skill set. I was like, there's no way. Like, I just, I am not the person for that. So I took what I knew, and that's plumbing, heating, cooling, you know, those those kind of things, small Mm -hmm. construction stuff. And I said, I could take what we do, do it to the best of our ability, provide the best service that I could possibly do, um, attract the best people that have like-minded thought processes and everything. And and what we can do is challenge people to give back to the community. And that's where that whole, we would give 10% of the job to, you know, a charity of your choosing. That's, that's where that, that, that's where that comes from is that is saying, okay, I can't fix that. But if we could get funding to people, Mm -hmm. be it churches, be it, you know, people are doing the other pieces of what needs to be done. Cause, cause what those people need is they need funding. Mm -hmm. They need, they need good counselors. They need strong counselors. And you know what, at the end of the day, money isn't everything, but they have to pay those people adequately. They have to be able to, to forward to get the right people involved. Well, I can tell you just from being in that industry, it's high burnout and you do feel like, you know, you work hard because you care. But yeah, I mean, there are times where you're like, I don't know, $12 an hour at this point is is a little rough. Like, <laughs> I'll keep doing it, but it's a little rough. But what you guys do, and, and like you were saying, you're doing well with what you have and what you can do. I think that's amazing. I worked for a nonprofit here in town. It's it's no longer around because we lost funding. We didn't have enough to keep right. going. But a big thing that, and I wanted to share this with you because you might actually be part of the solution. I don't know. One of the things we used to get is calls from senior citizens, and it would be during switchover time. Every year. Senior affairs is great, but they they run out of funding really quickly. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of seniors in poverty in Albuquerque and the New Mexico, there's all of New Mexico. And we would have seniors calling us. They don't have any family. They don't have anybody to come and switch over their heating and their cooling. They can't do it themselves. I had a lady call me and she was like 95 and she was crying. And it was just heartbreaking because she didn't have anybody, you know, to just come and do a simple thing for her. Right. I don't think a lot of times we we think about those little things that matter so hugely to somebody when they can't do them themselves. I, I love what you're what you're doing. I love what you're doing for the community, and and I think it's definitely a need. It's out there. It's, it's a huge need. <laughs> I think it's a huge need, and I think you know as I went through this, this was the best way for me to fusion. Okay, this is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm passionate about. 
I would love to see change. I'd love to see New Mexico a better place for my children, for my grandchildren, hopefully that I have one day. And I would like to at least be part of inspiring a different way that people do business in New Mexico. And I think the way that we have to focus on how we do business in New Mexico is number one, we need to we need to work on our own backyard first. Sure, agreed. Uh, we we need to focus all the funding we can and we can afford, and we need to even challenge ourselves and push ourselves to say, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. And, and if we could inspire other businesses to try to give a piece of what they make back to the community to try to improve things for the community, that to me. My, my goal is accomplished as a business owner, yeah. as a person, that would be great. I, and then to have, you know, staff, you know, I, any one of our staff here, they're the kind of people that would love to go and volunteer and help mm-hmm. out. Well, and I think that I think that that ideology, too, you know, that trickles down. You take care of your backyard and you're mentoring somebody else. And all of a sudden they're going and taking care of their backyard and, and there's someone else is seeing that and it, it, it multiplies. You know what I mean? It's a positive. Where do you see the town and the people going? Do you have an optimistic view of the future? Do you think that those industries are being helped? Do you think they're getting what they need? Do you think we need to change what we're doing or be more aware? I think that we need to change what we're doing. And I think that some of the bigger companies in town need to be more aware. I have 100% honestly, we're a small company and our goal is, and it sounds silly, here's another one of my cliches, but I mean, it would always be for us to be big enough to make a difference in the community and small enough to care about all the people around us. And, and once we get too big and we can't focus on the person that sweeps the floors in the office or answers the door or the front of the phone, at that point in time, we've grown outside of my comfort zone and I need to rethink things. Um, but that's just me. There's other business people that, that do well, but I think that we have some big businesses, some big organizations in town that quite frankly could do 10 times what I'm doing. And those are the guys that, that are gonna make the difference. So I think that in five years or 10 years, I think so long as I could keep afloat and I could keep our business going and and stay on the path that we're on. And I know we're going to hit some bumps and stuff on the way. We've already done that, Um, you know, just in just in how we present, you know, the give back. I mean, we have to challenge people to do that. And that's part of our our um, mission is we have to challenge the people to excel. We have to challenge them to want to give more because I think everybody deep down inside wants to give. Mm but I don't think people are ever took in and actually challenged to give. So where where are some of the, the nonprofits that you, you guys like to work with that maybe um, other people can get involved with? To be honest, it's pretty widespread right now. And, and I'll be honest with you, we have no one. Uh, we've reached out to several and, and it's it's hard to find the right one. We're working on a list currently. So if we have, you know, customers um, that don't know where to give the money. Mm-hmm. So we're working with United Way and a couple people and, and we have some, some plans to focus on like one a quarter so that like this quarter we're focused on raising this much money for this nonprofit and that's where we're going. Um, but to me, I mean, it, it's anyone that has to do with right now uh, helping with the opioid addiction because we don't have a lot of treatment centers here in town for that. The ones we do have are full <laughs> Yeah, the they're time. always full. <laughs> yeah, there's They're somewhere. always full so that yeah. you got to go to Arizona or somewhere else. And, and, and so and maybe it's going to be part of that too. And, and, and to be quite honest, one of my, my bigger things is we started the business and I've become so busy with structuring the business mm-hmm. that I didn't lose sight of these things, but I don't have a lot of time to focus on them as much time as I would. So I focus on them at night and in the mornings and on like Saturdays and Sundays and stuff, but we do have them. And sounds then also- like, Sounds like an internship in the making. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, we would love to have a great intern to help focus. There you go, UNM I mean, students, calm down. We, we would love, <laughs> 
uh, an intern to come in and just really drive this thing, you know, because it's this is my this is really my passion. I mean, mm -hmm. but we, we have to be on stable ground to make this happen. All right, so we have one last very important question. It's a big question. You go ahead. Oh, okay, because like you had to do it last time. Yes, okay. you did. You always shove it off on me. Well, you get it this time. okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> Red or green? You can say both if you need to. You guys need to see his face. He's really, <laughs> really thinking about this very thoughtful This isn't TV. <laughs> yeah, just trying to paint a picture. This is a very poignant question in here. I, I have to say I'm a red chili guy. Okay. If, right. if I had my pick, it's, it's red chili all day long. And best red chili in town other than your house. And my grandma's? And your grandma's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Grandma's is always number one. If you had to go out for red chili. That's the rule. <laughs> um, honestly... Uh, there's a there's a place called the Central Grill at Rio Grande and Central. Oh, that's on my list of places to go. I know exactly where that's at, and I've got to try. Let me tell you why the red chili is so great. Okay, it's the closest to Grandma's chili. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Right. There so, you go. So it's it's but but uh, the red chili is amazing. Um, it's it's not super spicy. It's just super flavorful, and it's great. And and I'm just I don't know. I always go back to red, red and beef. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. It seems to be a trend. I yeah. feel like yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. a trend happening here. So tell us how, uh, or tell, not us, but tell people that are listening how to get a hold of you if they want to do business with you, contact you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Smoke signals were great. <laughs> Just kidding. Red chili. <laughs> Red chili. Red chili. Walked um, over this way. <laughs> you know, honestly, the, the best way to get in contact with us, depending on, on on what age group you are, I don't know. It's weird for me. I'm a, I'm a phone call guy. Mm -hmm. So our phone number, you call our main number at 444-7200. Um, that's our main office. You can call in any time, day or night. We have people that answer the phone 24-7. Right There's never a machine. You always get a live person on the phone. Awesome. We are available through Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have, they can go to our website and, and they can send a request through our website online. Uh, we get those within, you know, a matter of seconds. Um, and we'll have somebody reach out. Usually our operator response time is about 30 to 45 minutes. That will have someone reach out to you. That And it just, every we had to design something for everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, well, this is one. The one last question is not as big as the other one. Well, hold on. I didn't get to finish <laughs> oh, my other oh, okay. one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So optimistic future for New Mexico. Right. Yes. Let me just put the my stamp on that. <laughs> or if you will, okay. whatever you want to call it. I think that in the next five to 10 years, as long as people like us continue to refocus each other on what is important, I think that New Mexico is going to be one of the best places to live. And we're going to have some I of the hardest, mm -hmm. I think we're going to have some of the hardest working people. And honestly, I think we're going to have more. And this is why you don't hear us say customers and stuff. I think we're going to have a community of people that is very much along those lines of philosophy is each one teach one. Everyone's out to help the person next to them and take them on and, you know, teach them. And I think when we get to that, gosh, the, the sky's the limit for New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the culture, the, the beauty of New Mexico, the place to live, our, our the ability just to expand is is amazing. And we have an amazing place for tradesmen and tradespeople, but also those people need other people that are a little bit different. We need, we need you know, those administrative people to help sign all the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. know, get all that. All there's this. a place for everybody here, I swear. Yeah. Like, New Mexico is like, there's a spot for everybody. And, and, and we have to look <laughs> at what's coming, what's come out of New Mexico. Right. Look right. at some of the great successes and some of the great people that have come out of New Mexico. And I think that we just have to focus on, on each other. And if we support each other, mm -hmm. New Mexico is always going to be a wonderful place for everybody. So that's 
where we will be in five years. Awesome. I like that. I like that positive. All right. The last question that we're, we're going to bow out for this episode is, there's uh, one thing you could share uh, with people listening, maybe about heating and cooling, plumbing, or work ethic, what would it be? If there was one thing I could share, mm-hmm. like maybe like a trade secret or something, yeah. or what are we looking Whatever for? Whatever you want to be. I think, yeah, I mean, something you feel like they should know that's vital information to them. Hmm. Gosh. Sorry. I know this question just hit you with big guns. <laughs> it's not really a big gun. It's just like, well, what, what, where, do I where, where, where do we go with this? If there's one thing I could share about plumbing, heating, and cooling is that I don't even know where to go with this. I almost want to say, hey, you know, if there's one thing you need to know about it, you need to know to call the right people okay, to get involved. That's, no, that's fine. Right. I mean, I that's, fine. that's a good thing for people to know. I, I, I could tell you that if, if there's something you need to know, get the right people involved if you have to if you get into an instance where you need someone to come out to your place for plumbing heating and cooling get people that are involved not only just to educate you on what's going on but but that you know are experts at what they do because we go to more messes (laughs) that that cost people twice as much money than, than anything and and so what you have to do is you have to have someone that is actually there to look at okay is this a band-aid or is this gonna be the long-term fix mm-hmm. in some cases a band-aid works for people you know i'm not a band-aid person myself but i've needed a band-aid once or twice in my life sure but but you have to have people that that are looking out for you long term because that's where that's where you're gonna have your your savings is long term mm-hmm. and you want a one-time solution you want to do it right and you want someone that's that's reputable to do those kind of things. So go on Google, read their reviews. Go on Facebook, read their reviews. Absolutely. Go to their Instagram because we're in a digital world now. Go go and look up, you know, their reviews. How many reviews do they have? Is it one? Is it two? You know, anyone from I'd say twenty to thirty reviews that has a great rating is probably doing pretty good. And I just have one more question. I'm sorry, just oh. to top it. I know. So how do people mostly hear about you? Is it word of mouth? Is it internet? Like, I'm just curious because I know that we've noticed a trend. A lot of good businesses in Albuquerque, from my my perception, has been word of mouth. So so a lot of our business is word of mouth. Yeah, it's. I feel like that's kind of the I mean, way. We, we, do a lot, we do a lot of advertising, but it feels like, you know, word of mouth is, is a big thing for us. Um, customers, you know, sharing with customers and, you know, friends sharing with friends and family members sharing with family members and, and those kind of things. And, and a lot of it is, is that. And what's shocking in any business is how much business you get from the people that work there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And, and I think if you're running a good business, if the people that work in your business are using your services, then you really need to focus. Something. You need to focus on something. So... Um, but that it is word of mouth and our people actually build our business. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you. It's yeah. been great. It's great talk and informative and I'm sure everybody else took something away from it. Great. I hope, I hope I didn't forget anybody, but here we go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. This is Ryan. Lindsay and I want to thank you so much for listening. Each week, we're striving to bring you the best of our community. So want to be involved? Here's three ways you can help. One, if you've got a local business, service, or brand, we'd love to hear from you. Better yet, we'd love to consider interviewing you. 
All you need to do is email us at abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. That's abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. Second, you can donate. Like all good things in our city, this show takes time to produce. Want to help pitch in for our gas? Maybe buy us a coffee or a beer? Well, you can do all that at our website. That's www.whatsupabq.com. That's www.whatsupabq.com. And last, you can help us spread the word. Share our episodes and posts on social media and drop us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Every bit helps. Thanks. And this is Ryan. And until next time, ciao.